is going on everybody it is your boy andres and we're back with a special episode episode number 25 holy shit it's been 25 weeks since we started recording and today along with my co-host eric how you doing sir i'm good i didn't even realize it was our 25th episode it's been a it i don't know if it feels like it's been more or less but it's been a fun journey so far we've talked about a lot and you know we got our good good friend nick back today Yes, sir. With that being said, our 22nd guest, 22, like our franchise player, not 14, not, <laughs> not number seven. Um, our 22, like Jimmy Butler, our boy Nick Swish. How you doing, sir? Going on, party people. I'm all right, man. Just chilling, hanging in there, watching these finals, watching a little bit of baseball, watching a little bit of everything right now, trying to keep myself entertained. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, like Nick said, the NBA Finals have started. So, Nick, since you're our guest today, let me start with you. Um, how did you feel when the when the buzzer beater sounded and the Bucks made the NBA Finals for the first time in 47 years? Uh, honestly, you know, I was more so happy. Even though he didn't play, I was more so happy for Giannis. You know, I'm personally not a Bucks fan. You know, most people know that about me. I go back and forth for my Bucks fan friends on Twitter all the time. But to see Giannis, you know, just looking at the trophy the way he was, that was pretty cool to see. And if it wasn't for the Suns, I would be rooting for him to get one. But if he does get one, congrats to him. I hope, I hope one day he does end up getting one. Absolutely. Now, Eric, you talked about this on the last episode about the rivalry, quote unquote, that you have with Giannis. But now that Mr. James Harden <laughs> is out of Houston, there is no rivalry. Um, when the buzzer beater sounded, how did you feel about the Bucks going to the NBA Finals? I was really happy for them, partly because, like, like Nick, I'm not really a big Bucks fan. Like, I, I, I'm not, I don't hate them or anything. They're kind of a take them, yeah. leave them type team for me. Uh, but yeah. I do really like PJ Tucker. I mean, he was a Houston Rocket for a few years, and I feel like he's one of those type of players that he's just like he hustles all the time. He's a good defender. He's like he's the type of player that any person would want on their team, I think. And then I've always liked Drew. He had, Drew Holiday. He hasn't really been doing. I mean, he's been inconsistent throughout this playoff run, so it's been kind of... He has his moments. <laughs> he has good moments, and he has moments where he looks like he doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, Chris Middleton, I mean, I'm not like a big fan or anything, but I do like him. I like his game a lot. So, Mally and Kobe Bryant. And then Giannis, I, uh, <laughs> I like, like I did talk about, I did used to get annoyed with Giannis because it felt like he was always just starting stuff all the time with Harden. But even then, like, the whole fan base, Rockets fan base and everything was like, hating on him saying like oh he doesn't deserve this he doesn't deserve that he's terrible he's this that i mean i always thought he still deserved mvps and stuff like i never thought harden got robbed in 2019 i never thought lebron got robbed in 2020 i always thought Giannis like had potential to be the best player in the world and i think you could if he does go on to win like it all this year in finals mvp i think you could make the case for him being the best i think it'd be kind of hard to put him over kd but I think you still could. I mean, I think there's a couple, I think there's a like five players you could argue as the best in the world. And I do think Giannis. Five? I think it's only three. Honestly. I think literally, I think like Giannis you could, if depending on how this goes. I think Kawhi you could, I think KD you could. I think you still could with LeBron just because I feel like if someone tried, they could make the argument for LeBron and I wouldn't argue against it. And then this one's probably a little unpopular. I think Curry also. And then I think this one's probably a little unpopular, but I think Jokic. I could make a case for it, which that one's probably going to be more of a stretch than others. But yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, um, not to send any spoilers. Um, we're going to talk about game one shortly. But like Eric was saying, um, Drew is inconsistent. 
And someone said he had that he had Alonzo Ball stat line. So I looked up the box score just to be sure that like he really had Alonzo Ball stat line. Oh, he, he, he really did have eight, seven, and six. Um, yeah. Nick, I was texting you about this earlier. You said that you saw Giannis at eighty percent. Um, why didn't Drew bring the goods that he had the last two games without him? What went wrong for him and for the Bucks in Game One? Uh, uh, to me, with Drew Holiday, you don't know what you're gonna get. Like Drew is. He's not a bad player at all. Like he's a, definitely an upgrade from somebody like how Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe. But yeah, like he's definitely an upgrade regardless <laughs> of the bad games. Yeah, but with Drew Holiday, you don't know what you're gonna get out of him because he has nights as far as you know scoring the basketball. You don't know what you're gonna get. You know his jump shot isn't the best. It's like it's it's decent. It's manageable, but when it's off, it's like okay, he's having a bad night. Like it's off. Does he like, have he, the tween has he splash in his game? <laughs> I mean, he kind of does, but his his dribble back is really ugly. But I mean, he knows how to get to his spots. He reminds me his offensive game, scoring wise, reminds me of a certain player on our team who shall not be named right now because he disappointed me in the playoffs this year. But they're both, you know, strong. They need to get to their spots and get to the basket, or they need to settle for the mid ranges. But Drew can shoot threes a little bit better, but. The inconsistencies, I think it's gonna, that might be what catches up to the Bucks. Because if they can't, you know, depend on him while Giannis isn't fully 100%, then I don't know. You can't bank on Middleton being, like you said, Somali and Kobe every single game, bro. Because it's gonna be, it's gotta be pretty frustrating as a Bucks fan also. Because didn't they trade two first round picks and two? Three, bro. Three of them. Like, that, that's, I feel like that's too much for you to trade for someone who's just inconsistent all the time. Like, yeah. putting up Lonzo Ball stat lines. Like, I'm pretty sure all of us here like Lonzo Ball. I love when you're yeah, we, doing, all, we all rate him. We yeah, all rate him. we all like him a lot. But whenever you're trading that much for a player, you kind of want more out of him than that. And, mm -hmm. I mean, we saw it whenever Giannis was down, but then the instant inconsistency came back. Because I saw someone saying, oh, Giannis doesn't make his teammates look better. Look at how Drew did without him. I don't think Giannis playing had anything to do with Drew playing bad no. that game. That was just Drew not having a good game. Yeah, I was going to say, that's just Drew. That's who, that's that, who that's Drew who has been for the longest. Like, yeah. It's not an indictment on Giannis <laughs> or Middleton. That's just who he is. And, it was and, just uh, funny because, like, like you guys were saying, so game one against the Hawks, Drew had five three-pointers. I don't know if you guys remember that in that game one that was the Trey Young went crazy. Mm -hmm. So it reminded me of 2019, and I remember me and Nick were talking about this. When Kyle Lowry in game one of the Eastern Conference Finals against the Bucks, he had 33 and he had like six made threes. And mm -hmm. everyone on Twitter was like, can Kyle Lowry have that type of game again? Like, But like Kyle Lowry was still like really, really good. And obviously we yeah. know what happened in that series and stuff. So maybe right. this Lonzo Ball stat line, quote unquote, can be a wake up call for Drew. But like he was really good in game one against the Hawks. He was looking like Steph out there with that three-point yeah. shooting. And the Hawks were letting him shoot all game. And he was just like, all right, now I'll take these shots. So um, what did the Bucks have to do dif differently to tie the series in game two? I think it comes down to, you know, if Giannis is out there and he's not afraid to give it a go and, you know, he's not really as worried about his knee, they need to use him as much as they normally would as much as possible. You know, don't. Don't limit him too much. Like, of course, you want to be cautious about his knee because his knee, you know, his injury was kind of like a freak accident type thing. He got really lucky that he came away with no, you know, torn anything or structural damage. Anything yeah, like thank that. God. But you still have to use him in the best slot that he is usually in, which is the five. You know, they went on a run in the fourth quarter last night that I saw when he was playing the five. And you don't got to play him at the five the whole game. 
because you know that's a pretty big adjustment to making the finals but if it's working that's something you got to stick with and that's one of the problems that bud has like he'll find something that works for a little bit he might try it try it maybe twice and then it's like he almost completely goes away from it and that's something he, he can't afford to do that right now this is the finals like this is your team is four wins away from winning that championship bro like y'all four wins away from holding up the larry ob and whatever adjustment you gotta make that's gonna help you win you gotta do it and we don't know if they're gonna be able to be back here so next year because like, yeah. like 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 me and nick were talking about this last year how people were like oh we should be happy that he made the finals like bro we don't know where we're gonna get this chance again like we were yeah. right there like jimmy said we were literally right there and yep. you know and it, realistically it if you take away the injuries y'all could have given them a run like yeah it's those just, injuries kind of hurt y'all we we yeah. know that injuries only matter when when people want to use them against them in other in other contexts they don't matter um, Eric, um, this is, I know you like statistics. I got to give you one. So Giannis had 11 shots last night. That's his fewest in a game since game five of the 2018 finals. Excuse me. The 2018 first round against the Celtics in game five. What do the Bucks need to do differently in game one to capitalize? And what did Monty do well in game one? I think I agree with Nick with Bud. Just kind of like Bud will see one thing that works. And he'll run it a couple of times and he'll just completely go away from it. So like yep. running Giannis at the five, we saw that it was working. So I, mean, I think, I think the whole thing, there is a chance. I'm going to be honest. Giannis looked healthy, but I think he wasn't as aggressive as he normally is because yeah. he knew like, I mean, His regardless, yeah, he, he's limited a little bit, whether people want to admit it or not. Yeah. And uh, I think that did have an effect on the game. Because I'm pretty sure, like, for plus minus, I think Giannis was, like, a plus one. And they ended up losing by, like, 10 or whatever. So, and I think Bud is one of those coaches where he can do one thing. And I'll think, damn, that was a really good move. And then he'll do eight things in a row where he's <laughs> just like, what are you doing? Telling, yeah, like, I don't understand where his head's at. So, I I used to think he was a pretty good coach. He's I'm starting to, like, go farther and farther and farther away from that just because he keeps doing questionable things to me and his rotations like we always talk about Thibodeau always like plays his starters like 45 minutes a game Bud is the exact opposite like he does not play them enough he needs to play them yeah, more, Giannis like, on a minutes restriction in the biggest game ever yeah like, it makes no sense <laughs> it could be game seven of the finals Giannis playing 30 minutes like like what are you doing bro and uh Monty I've been super impressed with Monty throughout the entire playoff run, even yeah. the regular season. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I watched like 50 Suns games or anything. I probably watched like 10 throughout the regular season because I was trying to watch Chris Paul and everything. But he's been impressing me all season. And even like, I feel like the biggest thing a coach can do, and I see some people saying, oh, well, even great coaches don't make in-game adjustments. I feel like that's bullshit. I feel like that's what makes you a great coach is your in-game adjustments. That's, that's literally, literally why I couldn't stand Mike D'Antoni when he was in Houston, That because he never did that. Like He would make a game plan, which was the same game plan, all 82 games of the season, and stick to it and never change it. And that's why we, you go in a game and you miss 27 straight threes. It was, that type it was, of stuff is going to happen. Like. Mike D'Antoni's playbook was literally Harden ISO or give the ball to Harden and let him make a play. That's literally, literally the same thing like, as Terry Stotts in, in Portland. Give the ball to Dame or let him make an ISO. I don't understand, like, some people like Rockets fans vouch super hard for D'Antoni. Like, realistically, what did he do all that much? Like, he pretty much, all his game plan was, was let's just put the ball in our best player's hands. That's a good idea. That's pretty fire. But at though. some point, you have lie. to do something else. And we're seeing Monty Williams do that. Like, 
I, I swear every single time the Suns call a timeout or something, they score on the very next play because he draws yeah. up the perfect play for them to score on, like every time. And I think one person that I've just been super impressed with is DeAndre Aiden, just because he's been, I think he's been arguably the most consistent player in the entire playoffs. Like out of every team, he's just always, you know what you're going to get out of DeAndre Aiden. And I mean, he almost had 20 and 20 if Chris Paul didn't steal that rebound, but <laughs> that's beside the point. Um, you just have to throw that in there. Yeah. Chris Paul the troll for that. And um, I am super happy with how Chris Paul played. It was it shut up a lot of people. I mean, we had some people telling us that he was a role player, which. Oh, wait, wait. So wait, before you finish that statement, I got I to gotta ask Nick this question. Nick, a lot of people on Twitter says that Chris Paul is a. Uh, like listen so we all know that we're, we're very unbiased we all love chris paul and we all think we all know where we rate him but a lot of people are saying that chris paul is a front runner now you are a very smart person right can you define to us what front running is in the nba because i still don't understand what that means <laughs> oh my god the front running <laughs> the whole front running bit is funny because like it's basically, you know, when when the lead is big enough and he starts like going crazy, basically, like he, it seems like he'll rattle off like 15 straight if they're up by 15, and that's the whole like running joke that Twitter has. And sometimes, like I see what they mean, but at the same time, it's not really front running. It's just like it's the play on rhythm. Yeah, like he just got in a rhythm. But that it, it do be funny. I ain't gonna lie, that shit is funny because it it does really seem like if the Suns go up by. Let's say the score is like 78-63 and then other team called timeout. Chris Paul coming out of that timeout scoring like 20 straight and it's the funniest shit in the world, bro. But when he has tunnel vision, that shit is hilarious. Bro, bro. it is so fun. He started pulling back, doing the in and out ISO. He started doing everything. It's like watching 09 Chris Paul, bro. It's whenever insane. he's feeling it, I swear he's one of the best players I've ever yeah. seen. Like he literally, whenever spot. he gets hot. And the crazy thing is this playoffs, we've seen so many games where he's just gotten hot and done that. Like we've seen it. Yep. I think I saw, I tweeted out or something, but like in the last nine games, he's averaging like 26 points per game, which is not something you'd expect from a 36 year old Chris Paul. But it's and just he's funny. also doing it on insane efficiency. Like he's shooting 47% from three, I think over the last nine games. Like, it's just funny because like we talk about like, like KD when he's on fire, Harden when he's on fire, Dame, LeBron when they're on fire, Steph when he's on fire. But Chris Paul, when he's on fire, like, he can give you the drugs, too. Like, not to be biased or anything, but, like, watching him, like, play, like, smoothly. It's because like, how he does it. Like, it looks so natural. Chris is going to break you down until, like, you you just know you can't do anything as a defender. Like, he, he's going to sit there. He's going to dribble. He's going to hit you with every possible counter, every possible move that he has in his book. And then he might step back for a simple mid-range. Or he might get past you for a layup, like. And some of, so some of the shots are so ugly. Some of the shots are so ugly too. Like he, like he, he looks discombobulated just throwing it up there, and, <laughs> and it, goes it goes in. It goes in every time. Like I remember that game five in 2018 against the Jazz. Whenever he like was at the three, and he pretty much it looked like he like turned his back 90 degrees and just threw up a three, and it went yeah, off the and, backboard uh, the and went in. Was expiring. Yeah, and it went yeah. off the backboard and went in. The whole stadium just went nuts. That game he put up like 41 points, like. That was that's, one of the crazy. Bro, that's one of the games know. that Chris Paul had tunnel vision in the fourth quarter. That Literally. he was like, "All right, I want to go to my first conference finals. Let me, let me, <laughs> let me close the game." And Harden uh, was just sitting there looking at him. And I already and know was, I'm gonna be that Chris Paul fan that's gonna be honest real quick. We're gonna probably get a game from him this series where he puts up eight points on like thirty five percent. We're probably gonna get that one game. But the thing is, 
hopefully it's just one game. Like hopefully it's not a consistent thing. Like yeah. if he can, if he can, not he doesn't have to do what he did last or yeah last night. He doesn't have to do that three or four more times. But if he can yeah. play like a solid, like get a solid twenty-two points, nine assists, like put up that solid production, then I don't really see the Suns losing the series. So yeah. now, now that you gave your prediction of the Suns not losing the series, um, Nick. What adjustments do the Bucks have to make in Game Two, and do you see them winning this series, if a game at all? Um, I, I can see the Bucks getting as long as Giannis is, you know, fine enough to give it a go and constantly, you know, be out there, and it's not really too hindering. Uh, I would give them two games at like at least because you got to think Phoenix sometimes has games that are so bad, like shooting from the field, they just can't make a shot, and the Bucks at home. Like that's that's they're a pretty hard team to beat. So Phoenix can't afford to have two games like that on the road, and it's very possible that they will. But if I put it like this, if Phoenix gets one of those games in Milwaukee, that series then in five. I don't think they'll sweep Milwaukee. I'm pretty sure Milwaukee will take one, but I think they'll be in five. But they can't they can't let the Bucks get momentum and win two straight at home. Like yeah, the home team is supposed to win and whatnot, but like. You, you can't give them the opportunity because they've they've overcome so much, you know, adversity and difficulty with opponents already in the playoffs this year. You know, it's it's different. And this is, this is the biggest stage in the NBA right now. So, I mean, as far as adjustments go, they really got to stop letting Brooke get picked off. Bro, it, I was it, about comes to down, say it really that. comes down to that. Because Chris Hope Paul is? and Book was... Man. They were taking turns on him. <laughs> Like pause, bro. It, like it was bad. Like I was watching it and just looking. I'm like, bro, get Brooke out of that, that like out of that switch. And as soon as Chris Paul come down, mid range, he's shooting. I'm like, bro, y'all have to stop letting him guard the mid range in this in this situation. And that that's probably the biggest adjustment that I think they need to make. That and they really got a zero in on limiting what Chris likes to do. You know, if you can be physical with Chris and eliminate what he likes to do as far as, you know, get to that mid-range or finding ways to uh, get the ball to Aiden in the post or even off a lob, if you can limit that, then you have a pretty solid chance of beating the Suns. That, that's their best bet. And Giannis has to probably go God mode for a game or two, which is very possible. So, And they just the free throws. They need to stop the free throws too. They need to stop letting them get to the free throw line and they yeah. need to get to the free throw line more. Yeah, Suns it's don't funny how, like, really. The funniest thing about watching the Bucks is the number one thing. The funniest thing is watching Brooke Lopez be a perimeter player. I swear to mm. you, whenever I watch the Bucks and I see Brooke Lopez acting like he's Duncan Robinson, I'm like, bro, what are you doing? What are you doing? I was like this tall doing that. Like, he's like seven feet tall <laughs> acting like he's Duncan Robinson out there. Yeah, bro. like you seen that dude perfect stereotype. It's like the tall dude that always just wants to go out and shoot threes. That's like what Brooke Lopez is. Like it's, he just, exactly he does that. not like going down low. It's literally yeah. the kid after school that he's like, yo bro, let me get a shot. And meanwhile, it's like an air ball. Like, please, bro. Um, I will I say though, if the Brooke series- score in the post. He just needs He can, that's, yeah, he can like, he can work down there, but he just doesn't like to. It seems like, like he just—it's the same. It's it. the same thing with Bam Adebayo. Once Bam realizes his talent, he's gonna be the best player in the NBA. All right, I maybe dragged it. He'll be a top ten player. <laughs> He'll be very good. Yeah. Uh, maybe dragged it. <laughs> but uh, if the series is three-two going into uh, Milwaukee for Game Six, then I think at that point it's kind of like a, anything can happen. Like because if if the series is three-two going to Milwaukee, 
I can't see Milwaukee losing a game six at home, like an elimination game six. And then it comes down to a game seven where who knows what will happen oh, at that point. Eric, now that you said that, the Bucks have only lost one game at home this postseason. Mm-hmm. And it took Trey Young giving them the drugs. Like, what Trey Young did in game one has never been done in NBA history. Not when Dr. Julius Irving played, not when Ben McAdoo played, like, like not when Pistol P played. Like, it's never been done. And that's what it took to beat the Bucks at home in game one. So if we're going to get that skew game from like CP3 or Buck or Aiden or Michael, then maybe the Suns have a chance at winning that in Milwaukee. But the Milwaukee Bucks, they're legit at home and that arena is loud too. Like I've been I've been tweeting about this the last few days, but like the Suns arena is loud as fuck. But the Bucks um, um, arena, they get loud as fuck too. Yeah, that to be honest, I'm taking Suns in seven just because I do think it'll still go seven. God willing, we get a game seven, man. I, was- I, I hope so. Like I think the series could be really good. Like so many people were like, oh, we don't have the LA teams, we don't have this team. This, this is so lame. Like, the big market fans. Turn are, off the TV. Like, Turn bro, off the TV. Oh my really God. It's so annoying. Just like, last year we got six games. The year before we got six games. Then we got the. Right, last year's finals was so good to me. I loved watching last year's finals. I thought it was I'm, really I'm be honest. I didn't watch much of the finals because I knew we were going to lose. And but I if y'all were healthy, one. I still think if y'all were healthy, y'all could have pushed it and potentially won. Like, those injuries. I was just over it. Like, the right? games I, I did watch was when Jimmy went ape shit. Like, game three, game five. I watched some of game six. I did see the Lakers celebrating and whatnot. I watched. I watched a chunk of game four, a good chunk, but yeah. the first two games, I don't watch shit, except like the first quarter. Because and then I, I saw yeah, everybody bro, start after, getting hurt. I'm bro, like, the first quarter, know. the first quarter, Jake Crowder was hitting shots and we're like, here we go. And then, and then Goran got hurt and you're like, fuck. And then Bam yeah, got when hurt. Goran got hurt, I was like, okay, what That's did he do? That's and it. And then right? I saw he was just grabbing at his foot. I'm like, That's yeah, it. Um, y'all got it. Y'all got <laughs> it. Like, I, I just had no interest. Gotta get real again. Yeah. Oh no. Moving on to our second topic of the day. Um, I didn't bring Nick on just because of what happened at ESPN. Just want to let that throw that out there. Nick is one of my best friends, one of my closest friends since like 2016. But um, Nick, um, as an as an African American male in today's society, we all know that like black people are like really under the radar, and the media loves to flame them and they love to frame them. Um, when you got the notification of this Rachel Nichols story, what was your initial reaction? Um, honestly, the whole Rachel Nichols thing, like, I won't say, I won't say it didn't surprise me, but it was kind of like, it was like, of course that happened. Like, it, was, it was one of those moments where it was like, of course she did that or she said that and it was, you know, reacting that way to Maria Taylor. And like a lot of people have said, Maria Taylor is amazing at her job. You know, she provides real actual insight on the game of basketball. You know, she played the sport. She's, she's fantastic at what she does. So to, you know, hear her say it was just because of the diversity thing and just know, like, it, it, that's not it. Like, it just, it just doesn't make sense to me because it's hard enough for us to get jobs in the higher ups as is, unless most of them, you know, like Jalen Rose, like he's a former NBA player. He's a well-known basketball player in the history of the game. It's, it's not as easy for black people to, you know, get these higher ranking jobs. So. For her to say it was just a diversity thing, like it's just like now you just you just sound not only like you hating, but it's racist. Like you can call it as you see it. It's it's a racial based thing. And had that been you know somebody white, she probably wouldn't have said that because yeah, she might have been mad that she didn't get the opportunity, but she wouldn't have brought no no kind of race to it. 
and then the whole thing with the other dude, the um, I forgot his name, but when they was talking about the the Me Too movement, the Black Lives Matter thing, and they were like laughing it off, like that bothered me too because you know both of those movements are something that's essential to the way we live. Like that's you know Black Lives do matter, and you know it's evidenced by my shirt. Like this, I have a Breonna Taylor shirt on right now, and. You know, one day people are going to realize our lives matter and another day people are going to realize that these women and sometimes even men, you know, have come out with the whole Me Too movement. Like sometimes or someday people are going to realize that kind of shit is important. You know, people are getting sexually assaulted out here or they're having traumatic experiences that they won't forget for the rest of their lives. And it's not okay. Like it's just not. And for people to try to sleep in under the rug or just act like it's a laughing matter, it's not cool. And one day I hope in some kind of utopian society that we can move past shit like that and realize, yes, it is a serious issue. It's not something to just, oh, this happened. Now we got to talk about it and then move forward. Like, no, it's, it's something that has to be talked about forever and something ha- that has to be eventually fixed in our society. Will it ever? I'm not sure, but Probably I would be hopeful right. about it. Which is, which is terrible. Yeah, like, like Nick exactly. was saying, you know, a lot of these not, not they're not victims they're survivors like a lot of these survivors they're literally scared to tell their own story because they're scared of like what the what the people might say what the government might think about them what the police might say and like that's why like women and men in general are like just scared to speak up because like mm-hmm. nobody believes them or like they live with that trauma with that trauma like um you know being assaulted for the rest of their life like we've seen in tv shows and movies when women and men they go into the dressing room and they like try out like different clothes and the ptsd hits them and they just like they run out the store or something like mm-hmm. that shit gets to you like mentally and i don't think we put in enough emphasis on mental health sometimes and especially like of those like survivors like it's a deal it's a, a deal and an issue because like we live with this in our everyday lives like maybe yeah. we have friends or colleagues or family that have been survivors and we don't know about them because they're too scared to tell their story so yeah I just feel like we need more emphasis on that. Um, Eric, it, it just, it, it really annoyed me too because Rachel Nichols, first off, she's just, the way she was talking about it, she made it sound like, oh, she's so much better than her and that she just feels like, I feel like she thinks she's above everyone kind of, which is funny yeah, to be considering she she's the most scary. like vanilla person ever. She's like, she's so boring to me. I've never really been a big fan of Rachel Nichols, not because me I think either. up until this moment, I, it's not like I thought she was some horrible person. I just thought she was, boring like she didn't bring anything i thought really she was just kind of there as a face not to cut you off but like that's what i was gonna like tell you like we know what she said when when the blazers beat the lakers oh dane did you feel bad for winning a game or like yeah like shit like that bro or using kobe's death to say that's why lebron should win mvp like that's when I like I never like I, like Eric said I've never really been a Rachel Nichols fan or anything like that like I was never you know on the hype train oh she's fantastic at her job or anything like that because she's not really she's not just, she's just not she's there she knows the right people so she's there but clutch like once exactly like once that started happening when they were saying oh LeBron James should be the MVP this year because he's dealing with the death of Kobe Bryant as if the entire fucking planet has been dealt with that like. That hit me harder than probably some people that are already in the NBA. Literally, you know, like, because I I grew up a Kobe fan. I I live in Los Angeles. That that dude was my basketball like life. Like he was like the Jesus of basketball to me. So, you know, for somebody to say that, it's like okay, if that's the case, then the whole world that felt his death deserves MVP. And you can't give MVPs to everybody on earth. 
So it just felt really ignorant it, and like she was it's just, just stupid. It was a it was a point that didn't need to be made. It was some, a completely com- it was a comment that was just not necessary. And I saw someone on Twitter say something, and they were like. You know what's funny is she's getting a slap on the wrist for this. Like at first, nothing happened to her, but then they took her off the finals and everything mm-hmm. like that. But it's like yeah, a slap God. on the wrist. Didn't Paul Pierce? Like I saw them say, like Paul Pierce got fired for partying in his own house, stuff like that. Like, where's the consistency in how you're dealing with this? Like, and then didn't uh, Adam Silver say like I don't think a statement should ruin a person's career or something like that? Which I agree with. But you can't do nothing really. Like taking her off the finals, that's a start. But you gotta do something more than just this because I feel like she doesn't. Realistically, I other than her getting caught, I don't know if she really feels bad for what she did. If she didn't get caught, it. like she, like, that, if we I think, never known about that, then she wouldn't have said. That. And we don't know. I mean, that's we. That's all we've heard. Who knows if she's made that comment or that type of comment like twenty other times? Like we don't know, bro. And bro, we won the fight. We won the Easter Conference, and you know what this bitch said? How does it feel to play in the finals for the first time since 2014 when y'all had LeBron? Like, did you really have to break? Like, we, you could have, bro. And Nick knows this, and Eric, you know this too. That I watch these interviews because, like, I want to be a journalist, and I'm starting to be a journalist to see what kind of questions they ask. But I'm just like, why would you ask that? What goes through your mind? Instead like, if of- she, if she mentioned Bron at the very end and asked him or asked, oh, like, question. how does it feel to be playing against like your former? Or a superstar or something like that that's okay that, that's fine but you but don't asked, make it about him when you, we just got back to the finals for the first time in six years bro. you could have like, said how does it feel to make the finals after missing the playoffs last year and Dwayne Wade retiring you could have said yeah, how does it feel that been way better how does yep. it feel to see Bam you know after coming off the bench being a starter this year being an all-star and having this type of game six like there's so many different questions. Could have said, how does it feel for Jimmy Butler to be in his first year with this team and make the finals? Like you're gonna yeah. ask him about how does it feel to face LeBron after not seeing him? And say, like, come on, bro. Like, like seriously. It's just it's, I. That's what I'm saying. I've never really thought she was like great at her job. Like I, I don't want to be that type of person. But I feel like she's just there, kind of as that face, and they just kind of put her there because what does she really bring other than she like she's so vanilla to me like she brings nothing it feels like honestly like, she's she so plain. Agen- help for agendas that's it literally like she she is she pushes agendas almost more than and that's the problem we us as like fans or at least us three as fans i know get a, we sometimes push our own agendas of course because we have fun but most of the time we're joking about it and we get annoyed when the media is actually like hardcore pushing these agendas for like awards serious. and stuff and like, that's these are like people that have that's what Rachel Nichols like does. Rachel Nichols is like the queen of doing that, and that's what she like is making her name off of, kind of. And it's just like you were saying, Maria Taylor. She's actually good at her job. Like she's a very good analyst. Like she makes good points. Like she, I don't know. She's just a much better choice, and I'm glad that they're getting like their shine now because they deserve it. Yeah, yeah. like. I don't mean to be that guy, and obviously Malika Andrews is a very beautiful woman, God bless her. But like Malika Andrews, her work, like it's actually very good, and she asks like yeah, good yeah. questions. And I don't know if you guys have um, read her written work, but it's also very good. Um, she had an interview with Devin Booker um, a couple months ago when I think Devin Booker got announced as an All Star, and he was like, "How does it feel to play with Chris Paul and stuff, and like get into the playoffs?" And Devin Booker had an amazing answer. He was like, um, "In the locker room, Chris was like." 
listen, 16 teams make the playoffs. We're not here to do that. And Devin Booker was like, like, oh shit, like this guy is like legit because like that's what you play for. And it's funny because like that interview came full circle because now the Suns are in the NBA Finals. Like that's an amazing question to ask. Like, how does it feel to play with someone like Chris Paul, who's known for his leadership and stuff? Not how does it feel to get back to the NBA Finals and playing LeBron James? Like what? Like bro, come on. Like what are we doing? Yeah. It's the same old question, but we, they, I feel like they do just recycle the same questions with the same three people every time. Like it, it just, yeah. it's the same stuff every time. Whenever you look at specific people like Rachel, people, like it's, it's, you're not going to get anything different from them. It's the same thing with like Perk, bro. Like what is, what is, what is, what is Perk's contribution to ESPN? Not, I don't mean to make this about LeBron. I really don't. But you know how people say that like LeBron's biggest accomplishment in his career is not answering um, Skip or or Stephen A. Smith or whatever. Why do you think Kendrick Perkins works at ESPN? Why do we think Shannon Sharp works at FS1? Like those are pawns, bro. And they push, bro. Shannon Sharp in his photoshops, that shit has to stop, dude. I dude, haven't blocked. He's doing those. Like I swear he's doing those. There's no he's way doing them where he has somebody doing them. Yeah, there's no way he just randomly finds these and says, "Who's doing this?" Bro, <laughs> shut up. Nobody has fallen for it anymore. And I like Shannon Sharp. I'm a. I, I've always liked Shannon Sharp. Like my brother has a Shannon Sharp football jersey because we both like him. But, dude, stop. That's like, he's acting like a clown with that stuff. Like, what are you doing? Everyone knows is you're not just randomly finding these. Bro, like, like, bro we know it's you or you got somebody in the photo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. That's pretty funny. Shameless. Um, so, Nick, I got to throw you a statistic. I said something bad about LeBron. Now I'm going to say something good. So, um, the last time the, the NBA, like, in general – didn't went through LeBron and that team didn't make the finals was 2006. Mm. Who was that team? Um, it was us. Right. So <laughs> we didn't have to play them that year. Yep. So in we 07, the Bulls, the Nets, the Pistons, and the Mavs. Yep. So in 07, right? In 07, the Cavs made the finals and they lost. In 08, mm. the Celtics beat the Cavs and they made the finals. In 09, the Magic beat the Cavs and they made the finals. In 2010, the Celtics beat the Cavs and made the finals. From 2010 to 2018, obviously, LeBron made the finals. Um, and then this year, the Suns beat LeBron and they made the finals. In 2006, the Pistons beat LeBron and they didn't make the finals. How crazy is that? Like, it's just crazy because, like, like, the other day, I saw a video of him, like, talking shit to the commentators because, like, they were... The commentators were like, "Oh, LeBron James Jr. or Bronny only gets that call because he's getting these arena. calls because and he got yeah. so tight, and he I got so that. tight, yeah. and that shit was fire because like number one, he's a parent first, like basketball mm-hmm. doesn't matter, and number two, like that, like once your kid is born, like that's who is more important, like nothing else matters, you know. So like just seeing him and the great beard, it was just like damn, like he's really getting old. It's just like yeah. gives me goosebumps. Like Chris Paul is thirty six. He's 36 in December. Dwayne Wade is retired. Like, this is crazy. Uh, side note about it's LeBron. Just, I just seeing all of our favorite players getting old. I just want to know a side question about LeBron. Are y'all excited for Space Jam 2 or no? Because I'm I'm gonna be honest, I'm kinda excited for it to be honest. I, I'm gonna watch I see I so many people saying like I see so many people like, oh I'm not gonna watch it. That's so lame. Because I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna watch it. I hope it's gonna be because it's space jam. Yeah, exactly. Like you're lying if you're saying, oh, there's no way I'd ever watch that. Come on, bro. Don't like put your hate aside for a second and just admit, oh, it's Space Jam. We all like grew up with Space Jam. That's one of our like 
all yeah. of our probably favorite childhood movies. So why would you not want to watch the second one? Even though it probably won't be as good, it's completely different concept, it looks like. Yeah. But why would you still not want to at least see how it is? Yeah, I'm going to watch it. Everyone on Twitter is a masochist. I, like, I, might, I might roast them for it. Same, uh, might yeah, of course. I'm, I'm going to be throwing out that agenda. Like we're saying, joke agendas. I'm going to be throwing out that agenda about how he yeah. went to L.A. just to make be like, Be like, oh, you need a Dane to hit the final shot for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, bro, but I'm excited to watch it. I don't care what anyone says. I hope it's good. 100%. Yeah. That's in I can, like eight. I can push my MJ is better than LeBron agenda is. <laughs> if LeBron doesn't take the last right, shot. Watch, people are going to be posting the Rotten Tomatoes scores and everything like that. <laughs> <laughs> not hashtag, not my go. Oh my gosh. Did you guys like the first Space Jam? Like, as a kid, I yeah. liked it. As a kid, I like it. Rewatching it as an adult, obviously, it's not like as good as you remember, but it's still a decent movie to me. It's still, it's still enough to watch. It still makes me laugh. I'm yeah. But like, as you get older, you see how it's actually not well. It's not bad, but just the acting. Like, like Jordan is one, a good actor. Like but one it's movie. Jordan. This is beside. This isn't about sports. But I've said this on Twitter so many times. There's one kids movie that is so bad to me, and I don't know how people our age still enjoy this movie. And it's Cat in the Hat. That movie is so bad, bro. I don't know if either of y'all like that movie. Oh, I I've rewatched it, it not too long ago. It was so hard to watch like it gave me nightmares when yeah, yeah I, when i was little oh i was like god. oh it's an okay movie now oh my god it's bad bro it's like bad. i watched it as i got older too i think it was it was last year actually like when uh around the time when we first like went on shutdown and stuff mm-hmm. I, I was watching it at some point i don't remember when exactly but it was sometime during that and i was just looking i'm like bro this movie is very dumb it's, like, it's so really dumb, dumb bro but oh my god that's, that's how i feel about um spider-man 3 like as a kid i loved it now that i'm an adult the movie is so bad yeah so it's bad. just not i don't know man I, i'm still excited for spider-man can't wait for no way home in december Same. i need the trailer to come out because this is, this is ridiculous um <laughs> moving on to our third topic of the night um eric is shohei otani um human being he just got announced as an all-star as a pitcher and as a hitter uh, the first player in MLB history, um, MLB history. He just broke Hideki Matsui's record of 32 <laughs> home runs, and um, which is the most by a Japanese player in one MLB season. And we're not even at the All-Star break. So I got the question remains: Is Shohei Otani a cyborg? Yes or no? Dude, he has to because there's like me and you were actually texting about this the other day, like arguing about who we think is MVP in the AL and it, I think you were saying Vlad and I was saying Otani but me and you are both like we could see arguments for the other like neither of us are like hard pinned on one or at least I'm not I don't know about you I don't no no I'm open minded yeah yeah, yeah yeah like we're both like okay. we can see arguments for the other but we lean this way and I feel like Otani he just like Vlad Vladimir Guerrero Jr his batting stats are better but Otani's aren't that far behind and on top of the fact that he's also like being a pretty good pitcher like i think his era is like 3.5 or something which is pretty solid like i feel like he just i don't know he i i was seeing jj watt tweet about it which jj watt doesn't ever really tweet about baseball but even otani is getting jj watts to tweet about baseball like that just shows like how big a deal he is and i'm loving this new era where we're getting guys like fernando tatis and shohei otani and vladimir Guerrero jr we're getting like these big name players who are like actually pulling in new fans into the sport, especially Tati Jr. We've talked about this before on here. Like 
MLB needs new and younger fans because it's starting to become an old man sport and the old people are incredibly annoying to talk about the sport with. Like they they hold on to these unwritten rules and everything and we I'm need... I'm I'm fine with getting old. <laughs> well yeah, but I we don't have that old mindset where we're like holding on to these unwritten rules and people like Shohei Otani are bringing in younger fans and I feel like he's that type of player where he's like Jacob deGrom where whenever Jacob deGrom is pitching I always try and watch the Mets game because he's having arguably the greatest pitching season ever Shohei Otani whenever he has an at bat I try and pull up the Angels stream real quick if I like catch he's about to have an at bat I try and pull it up real quick to see what he's going to do and usually it feels like he does at least something pretty great like i feel like he's been hitting home runs non-stop lately he leads the league in home runs i think he's third in ops like he's just he's not he's not human like he's just he's insane and i hope he keeps it up i hope he wins the home run derby because i think that'd be awesome like i'm excited to see what he does yeah nick what can you tell us about mr otani and what he's done this season um personally you know i i can admit you know i've started watching baseball a lot more the past couple years so seeing a guy like him like as one of the first players that i've seen you know do crazy things like this it's like he like y'all saying he really might be a cyborg like it, it's it's kind of crazy bro like i haven't seen nobody capable of you know pitching and hitting the baseball at such a high level and i don't know how long you know and you know i've heard about a lot of the great players that you know have played baseball because you know I've grown up mostly in a basketball household, but I, I've had some little bit of attention to baseball because you know, I play like Derek Jeter, Barry Bonds, anybody like that. But seeing somebody, you know, this is one of the first superstars I'm really experiencing. Like, he's not normal. Like, he, he's not. He's probably the best player in baseball right now. And he's that guy. I, I don't know how to explain anything other than that. Like, I've always known Mike Trout for being that guy even though the Angels aren't exactly good. But this guy, Otani, he's, I don't, I don't know the word, bro. Like, it, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know box the word. Office. Like, yeah, like box office would probably be good or he just, he's just a phenomenal baseball player. You know, I, I'm getting more into the sport. So to have him kind of be, you know, leading off the new generation and for somebody who's a baseball novice like myself, I'm not mad at it. I, I can actually watch Angels games a little bit more and be entertained. So and it's gonna me. be even it's gonna be even crazier when they do get Trout back because he's injured right now. Like mm. nine I, days, but who's counting? Certainly not me. Yeah, the guy. By the way, on in case you didn't know, Andres drafted him number two in fantasy baseball, and he's been hurt most of the season, so he hasn't really had it. <laughs> Oh, oh my gosh. Um, I was not necessary. Dude, I don't know. I, I'm excited for when Trout comes back. It sucks that they're in our division, so I don't really want them to be winning. But, I mean, I don't know. I feel like they're starting to finally put pieces around their superstars. Yeah, hitting-wise, not pitching. Hitting-wise, pitching-wise, they yeah. still got a long way to go, but... That's always I, been the problem, that at least from what I've been told mm-hmm. by Angels fans. Bro, it's our fucking pitching. Like, everybody's it's, so they, mad about it. It still pitching. hasn't really been improved. Like, it, it was the problem three, four years ago, and it's still the problem now. Like, they just yeah. – they need to make some moves. Like, I don't know if he – like, the Cubs are open trading him, but, like, Craig Kimbrell is one of the best closers, like, relief pitchers in the league. If they could try and make a trade for him, that could help improve them. And make yeah, but them, I don't think Kimbrell wants to go there, though. I don't know if many people would want to go to there, especially when you're on it. Well, actually, I don't know, because the Cubs are terrible right now. They've lost, like, 12 straight, I think. Like, I lost have, count after, like, 11. So yeah, that. like, it's been terrible. So, 
who knows? I think if they could make a couple of trades, I think they're starting. That, that's the problem. It's not even just their starting pitching or just their relief they're pitching. pitching. It's in their pitching general in general state. is just not good. Like they they've got to make some moves. And that's the problem. They keep spending money on all this batting. Well, you could score 10 runs a game, but if you're giving up 12 runs a game, it's not going to matter. Like, right. you got to do something about it. And that's why we need to look at all the teams out there. Yeah. What? <laughs> wow. That's why when you look at the teams with the best records in the league, most of them are some of the best pitching teams. Because Dude, uh, the, like the, Red defense, Sox, the Red Sox have, like, the second best record in baseball, and they have a top five, like, ERA, like, the in general. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's what – Pitching wins you championships. And um, Nick, so me and Eric, we were talking about this a couple weeks back, how like people that watch basketball just watch basketball for agendas. Like imagine watching Otani just to watch him pitch and be like, oh, he's going to be a scrub today. So he, has, he goes seven innings and he does well. Then the next outing, oh, he's going to, he's going to, he, this is the outing, you know, he's not going to keep it up. Like how are you watching Otani pitch or hit every time wanting him to fail? Like how are you enjoying baseball like that? Like you don't. I, I, I don't know how you can enjoy a sport where that's all you're doing. It's just, it's just not fun to me. Like, yeah, it's cool to joke on the timeline and shit like that, but if that's all you're watching the sport for, like, it, I don't, I don't see how you get any, any yeah, like, value out of it. Like, you are still acting that way once you put your phone down, then you know you have a problem. Like, yeah. it's all fun and jokes when we have our phones up or on Twitter making jokes. But if you set your phone down and look up at the game and still are genuinely thinking, oh, I gotta do this. I hope this happens for my agenda. Rethink some stuff, bro, because that is not normal. Let's yeah. just go outside, bro. I, I play basketball like three or four times a week. So when I'm watching the game, bro, I'm picking up on shit from these professionals mm-hmm. that I could, you know, maybe incorporate into my own game. Like, I'm, I'm not watching just so I can say, oh, Giannis had a bad game. He's ass. Like, no, I, I don't like, I'm going to say it just to get my jokes off and get my retweets, but I don't actually think that. Like, I know Giannis is probably at worst a top three or four player in the NBA at this very moment. Like, I'm not going to sit here and actually believe the shit that I'm saying. Like, I, if I have an agenda, you're going to know. It. And it's more than likely a realistic agenda. I don't put out agendas on Twitter that are like unfathomable or some shit that it's like, oh, there's no way anybody else thinks. That. Like, no, I'm not going to do no shit like that. I, I look at the game as objective as possible. Yeah, I might have a little bit of bias towards my team or some of my favorite players, but I'm not gonna bring that bias into every topic of conversation about said player or my team. Like, it's just, it's not a way to go about sports. That's not how you, you know, talk about the game. And speaking of sports, um, Andres, I have to personally thank you um, because your team gave my team Mookie Betts. So I just want to thank you for that. <laughs> but anyway, um, moving on to, you know, whatever else you wanted to speak on. I just okay. have to thank you for that. Uh, put him on blast. This is, this, this is what we're doing, dog. This is what we're doing. Bro, I, I just had to thank you because Mookie's my favorite player and I, I, I needed somebody to latch on to. So thank you for doing that. So what happened to Bellinger? What happened to Bellinger? That man used to be good at baseball. He's yeah, Cody, uh, mm, he's solid, but he has been hurt a they, lot. They stopped, like, he they just stopped. came back recently. I think it's once they uh, cut down on all this cheating. You they know? stopped I'm just the saying, banging. Once they cut down on this cheating. You guys can't talk about cheating. At I'm all. just saying, man. Once no, they cut down on cheating. No. Y'all well, can't say uh, look, look they cut cheating. down on cheating. Cody Bellinger falls off. The Red Sox, they had fallen off after 2018, right? Whoa, whoa, what whoa, are the Astros? We're still putting up 100 win seasons, bro. We're still putting up 100 win seasons. 
And I, Whoa, it, we fe we oh, fell yeah. off because y'all didn't win the Mickey Mouse World Series. Y'all fell off because y'all are terrible because y'all couldn't see it anymore. So All right, happened, I've gotten my wait, engine. Wait, what happened? Series, what happened a year after though? Mm. A year after y'all won? The, year I said after, after 2018, sir. I said after 2018. What oh. happened? Oh, so after what happened? 2018. What, happened what, did, what happened 2019? What happened 2019? What happened? Did y'all lose four games at home? Yes or no? Hey, we made the World Series. That, so, that was so, the. So, I don't want to talk about that. That was the worst moment, bro. I was literally. I'm pissed. This, I swear, God punished us for cheating. I'm throwing this out there. We're about to get dark yeah. real quick because we were don't there. Have the Mickey Mouse ring, bro. Like what do you mean? I was. You guys were one game away from the World Series. I was in downtown Houston. I was in downtown Houston, literally outside of the stadium, game seven with one of my friends, and we were. Everyone was getting so hyped because it's the seventh inning. We're winning, game seven. And then we blow the game, we start losing, and I swear to you, this is not a joke. I remember it to the moment. Right? Damn, a Houston team the blew final... a game seven lead. Dude. Hey, okay, we're in there. I swear, right when that final out happened, it started pouring down raining and it started, it was freezing cold. It was horrible, bro. And we had to wait 45 minutes for the bus to get there, just sitting there in the cold rain. It was it was the one of the worst nights. Son of I was God telling Freezing you something. It was God. He was punishing us. We already that. know the Astros <laughs> lost. And then we uh and then you know Jose Altuve forgot how to throw to first base and that's what screwed us last year. Yeah, how's he doing this year? Uh, he's fucking amazing. Yeah, he is fucking amazing. Of course he is. Yeah. He's from the best country in the world. No, brother, here we go. Oh, brother, here we go. I, oh, can I throw a side topic in here? It's not yes, baseball. Sir. It's like Absolutely. it's our next topic before we go on like Euros and all that. Absolutely. Nick, do you watch UFC at all? UFC? A little yeah. bit. What do you have? Yeah, you got Dustin or Connor? I never want Connor to succeed. Whoa. So I'm Why? Leave it, at that. it is an agenda. I just, I just, I just don't like him. Bro, I'm so like hyped. But he, he probably is going to win. I don't know. Yeah, I think he he. I'm not gonna say guaranteed that he is gonna win, but I I wouldn't be surprised. I, I'm just not a fan of him. But I mean, he's still he's still him. So I yeah, I, I lean towards him. I guess. Did you uh, watch the second fight between them? I did not. I, I only heard about it, a lot of it. Like it was yeah. you know sprawled all over Twitter about it. Watch it. It was like the first round, pretty much. Connor was like picking him apart, kind of just like, yeah, see that. He, that's he, what his was speed saying, yeah. was insane, like, he was just tagging him up. But throughout the whole first round, Dustin was kind of landing leg kicks that Connor just wasn't checking. And then in the second round, Dustin just started tearing his leg up with leg kicks. And it got to the point where Connor started to like kind of overcompensate and watch his leg. And then Dustin just tagged him up top and knocked him out. That's kind of that's it's it's just like how boxing is. Like when you start getting them body shots after a while. Like I was watching the Javante Davis fight. Ooh, you start getting them God, body them rib shots. Oh my God, bro! That that, that takes it takes your wind. Like it literally yeah. takes the wind out of you. And you might be thinking it's like, all right, I I got hit in the ribs, so I'm gonna just protect my face. I'm gonna try to you know do that. But you, know, you keep getting hit right here. Oh, it God. takes the breath. Like you literally, it it. I know this is like a corny way to look at it, but you know on UFC like the video game, it shows your stamina like dropping. Exactly. That's literally that's, no, that's really how it is. Real life. Like that's really how. Whenever you start getting hit in the stomach, it literally feels like, like your oh. stamina is dropping. Like you can't breathe yeah. hard. Nearly. No, it, it, that's really literally how it is. Like it's crazy. I. I saw that with the Tank Davis fight. I saw, I for, what's the, I forgot the name of the dude he was fighting. Barrios. 
right? Yeah, Barrios. I like I saw Barrios. He was taking all these hits to the chin. He was, in the face. He was taking like, some shots, bro. I'm like, bro, how are you not? Like, what? What is <laughs> what is going on? But you get hit like here enough times. Ooh, you out late. I don't know if you you, you can't keep going. I won't say a lot, but I, I watch it a good amount. Okay. I, I, I'll say is uh, Lomachenko. Uh, do you recognize that name? Uh, I, yeah, I know. That. Yeah, he fought Jorge Linares, and Linares knocked Lomachenko down like in the sixth round. And then the tenth round, Lomachenko came up and just threw like six straight punches and got one body shot. And it just drops Lenardo. Oh, a body shot will really just it, make you just like it makes your body like fold over. It literally like shuts down your body pretty much where you it, That's why people don't realize like with boxing or UFC, like people don't realize them, them body shots say it is wearing your body down, like mm-hmm. literally. And everybody thinks, oh, you gotta go for the knockout punch. Like you don't have to you don't have to box that way to beat somebody. If you tagging a body up, you know, getting these rib shots, you getting these stomach shots. If you hitting somebody like that, bro, it's it's gonna tire them out. And that's when, you know, somebody like let's say, like if Deontay Wilder was more of a fighter rather than you know he he's gonna hit slugger, Deontay Wilder is yeah he's a slugger like he's gonna hit you with that one hit you gonna be like knocked out like that, mm-hmm. but. Imagine taking like body punches from somebody like him. Like you're gonna be in a lot of pain yeah, and you're not good. gonna continue that fight for long. That's why Deontay Wilder, he's so confusing because he his motto is like, you have to be perfect for 12 rounds. I only have to be perfect for two seconds. Like that's true, but bro, come on now. Like that's yeah. why you lost to Tyson Fury because you have that mindset where you're like, oh, I just need this one good punch. Well, when you're and fighting a guy- he got that guy, one good punch. He got he that got one good punch. That's what I'm saying. When you're fighting a guy who can take those punches, you're kind of it's screwed. Not the same, bro. That's not the same. Far, though. I, I can't wait to watch that, uh, that trilogy. Reach, though. Yeah, yeah, it's I, I'm watching that shit. Hell yeah, I'm excited. And then Pacquiao's fighting soon. Pacquiao's my favorite boxer ever. Yeah, my uh, my brother's going to that. He, he's going. He's to, going to I love it. Earl Spence. Yeah. Oh my god, dude! I'd be yeah. so hyped. I my think brother, he loves win. Earl Spence. I like Earl Spence too, but yeah, he he's definitely going to that fight. I think Spence is gonna win. He's like in his prime right now, and Pacquiao yeah. is on his way. And out. the fact that he came back from that accident and is like still like kicking everybody ass is kind of. I, I just hope. I just hope this will be my last boxing point. Then we can go on to the Euros or whatever. I just hope if Spence does win this fight, we'll get. Spence versus Crawford soon because yeah. that is a fight that needs to happen. Like that's arguably that's like aside from Canelo, that's arguably the two best pound for pound fighters in the world. Mm-hmm. And there's no reason that fight shouldn't happen. And can you imagine how much money they both make from that? Like it's got to happen, bro. Come on. I'm saying money talks. There's a big thing. We'll proceed, Mister Andres. <laughs> we, we had to get our we had to get our knockouts in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But um, it's no pun intended. Yeah, he already knows. You know, you know. <laughs> Moving on to our fourth, I guess, and last topic of the night. Um, we have AIDS versus coronavirus in the Euro final. I mean, sorry, we have England what? versus England. What the hell? <laughs> That's yeah. insane. That's have, ridiculous. We have Italy versus England in the final after Italy defeated Spain through penalties and after England defeated um Denmark, well, they didn't actually beat them. The referees did. But oh, my God. <laughs> I knew this was coming. They beat them 2-1. Oh and for the first time since, I don't know, Jen, John F. Kennedy was alive, England will be, be playing in a final. And for the first time since 2012, Italy will be playing in a final. Um, Eric, I've been asking you this every episode, but 
this is your first tournament that you watched that you haven't been a casual. Um, what did you think about the semifinals? Uh, the Italy Spain game was super good in my opinion. I thought it was a I thought it was a better game than the England Denmark one, just because the England Denmark one, it kind of felt like it felt like for a while it was back and forth. And then there was a couple big moments where both teams scored. And then after that, it just kind of felt like England dominating. But I still agree with you. That that was not a penalty at the end. I, he barely touched him. Raheem Sterling dove. That's still my problem with soccer, football, whatever you want to call it. Is just, they just they exaggerate in, like these dives so much. And it just gets frustrating. Like I, I, I was on TikTok and I saw uh, the camera like focusing on this one player. And he like went for the ball and he was in the box so if he got fouled it would be a penalty and he went for the kick and he got fouled so he fell to the ground and started grabbing his ankle rolling all on the ground the ref didn't call it but the camera stayed on him because it was like focusing on him the team ended up scoring and he looked up and then got up and ran over and celebrated with his team like what the fuck is wrong with you bro stop being a little bitch the like that's annoys special. me okay all right. That shit annoys me. Like, dude, stop selling shit so much. Like, I understand. That shit was funny. Really I'm not. I'm not gonna lie to you. That shit was funny. Though. It was funny, but it's annoying. Like, if I, I promise you, if I was a soccer player and I saw someone do that, I'd be like, shut the. F-. I, I'd start cussing out. No, no you wouldn't. Players, I, was playing. I promise you, I would. No, 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 no. I literally did when we played intramural once because one dude dove to the ground and the rep gave to him. I started cussing him out because that shit annoys me. Like, I can't stand people who do that. Like, when we were playing at the rec once basketball. There was literally a guy. We're playing bat, pickup basketball. There's no free throws in pickup basketball, and this dude was playing James Harden drawing fouls type basketball. Oh. I was oh. getting so fucking annoyed, and I started like, and we all started like yelling at him because like, who plays like that, bro? Like, oh my god, that shit's so annoying. Like, oh, but real hoop, real hoop. The, the Italy Spain game though, I feel for you. I'm sorry, Spain lost. It was a good game. It was a tough penalty shootout, but. Uh, you know, Murata from from here to zero in a matter of seconds. Literally, he's Bro, safe. I'm not even mad that we lost. I'm just mad because we deserve to win the fucking game. I feel uh, like we were better. Have you tried winning the game? Y'all didn't deserve to be this far in the first place. Just what? Bro, I I'd rather be lucky than be good. It's the same. So we, you're saying y'all were lucky to get this far, so y'all didn't even really need to. Okay, oh, okay. So we can say we can say that about the Suns too, if you want to go that route. Maybe, maybe, maybe I won't deny, I won't disagree. They got lucky. Chris, yes, sir. Maybe, maybe Chris Paul shouldn't be playing in the NBA finals right now. That's what we're doing. What he is though. Mickey Mouse not playing in the finals, Spain. Yeah, fuck off. Wow. The same. Oh, I think um Eric, were you impressed with what you saw from Pedri? Yeah. Uh yeah, I was. I I saw I didn't I think I wasn't like paying super close attention throughout the entire game. So whenever I went back and like I watched some of the highlights after the game. Like I was on YouTube watching stuff about it. And that's when I actually started to notice like how good he actually was. And then on Twitter, everyone was like going crazy. Bro, he had 56 passes in the game. Guess how many he made successfully? 56. I thought it was 55, damn, that's actually- Bro, yeah, and like, he's only 18 years old. Like he's only gonna get better. Yeah, um, so, y'all see that Nick Switch doing like on Italy. I don't know, he could be like Mbappe and he gets <laughs> This guy. <laughs> um, the England, the England Denmark game, I couldn't really tune in too much because I was working. I'm a, I'm a working man in this country. Um, I did see that the penalty was terrible. Um, what did you think? Do you think that was a penalty or not? Talking to me or Nick? No, you. Oh no, I did not think that was a penalty. I, I mean, 
He like he he, he did t- hit him, I guess, but like it was the softest touch ever. Like it was clear that Raheem Sterling sold it like crazy. And then, oh my gosh, of course. Kane gets his penalty stopped when he catches it on the rebound, of course, to score. Like, I'm not like you. I don't really hate England or anything. Bro. Because I don't, I don't have the their, history. When you meet their racist fans and shit. And yeah, I've heard their home, It's coming it. home skit. Like, that's, what, that's what's so weird to me. England fans swear American fans are awful. Oh, we don't know shit. Meanwhile, the collective rest of Europe hates England. So, like, are we that bad to where the bad guys hate us? Are we really that Bro, bad? Bro, I, I don't like Italy, and I'm rooting for them because I don't want England to win at all. Like that, that's what I'm saying. The collective Europe and like the whole it's coming home shit seems to annoy everyone so much. Like, it's, it's just, it's it's crazy how much people can't stand them. But if they win, they're bruh. never going to let y'all hear the end of it. So. Bruh, I might disappear for a couple days. <laughs> it's, um, like, it, it's like the same thing in um in in basketball when when there's a foul and there's there's players that know how to sell a foul to the point where they go check it for a flagrant review and then there's players that um get fouled and they don't know what the fuck to do so it's the same thing in footy where um if they roll on the field like 10 times then maybe they'll get to the bar to review it but if they don't so that was pretty funny um, but hopefully we get to see a good game. Hopefully we don't get to see two teams park yeah, the bus because I really don't want to see that bro. shit. Like What's your uh, prediction? I got Italy. Yeah, Italy two one. I'm gonna go Italy two one. I'm 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 gonna take England and penalties. I'm gonna say it's gonna be one one after extra time and it's gonna go to penalties. Okay. And England's gonna win. It's co- so it's coming home. I mean, if you want to say that, sure. I, I'm not even saying that because I like England or anything. I just, I I don't know. This game is so 50-50 to me. I really don't know. So, hey, listen, regardless of the result, you win because either Mason Mount wins or either Jorginho wins. Jorginho, yeah, literally. I'm chilling. And, I, I mean, I doubt Reese James is going to get much playing time. But Hey, he bro. said hey, he said on his Twitter the other day that they were like, Reese James was celebrating, and he was like, "You didn't even get to play a minute." And he was like, "It's a called, it's a team." There's, oh, he said, "There's no I in team." That's what he said. Dude, I love Reese James. He's one of my favorite players, and he's super young still, and he's already this good. Like, I feel like he's gonna be one of the, if Chelsea can hold on to him, he'll be like one of the future faces of the team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on the other side of the Copa America, we do have the two greatest nations, Argentina and Brazil. Messi against Neymar. Uh, Messi versus the world, however you want to call no, it. Brother. Um, Argentina beat Colombia through penalties with an amazing performance. What? Come on. With I would say that because Jimmy was front. I'm not sure Anyway, <laughs> back to our regular scheduled program. Uh, Emiliano Martinez saved three penalties, and then Brazil beat Peru 1-0. Brazil really looked ugly. Um, Eric, how are you feeling about watching this tournament for the first time as a non-casual, and what can you tell us about this final coming up? I'm going to be honest, I, so I went, for 4th of July, I went to this, like, one house and was hanging out with a bunch of friends, like, we just pop fireworks and everything like that, same stuff you always do on 4th of July, but there's one guy who, he's a Real Madrid fan, and me and him just sat there talking about footy for, like, an hour, and I was telling him that I thought Colombia could really, like, give Argentina a run for their money, and he said there was no way, like, Argentina's going to take it, and they're going to play Brazil in the finals, and, like, it's... He said he thought Brazil was going to beat Argentina in the finals, which I do agree with. I think Brazil's going to end up winning. But, okay, I'm just saying. But I really thought Colombia was going to be able to beat Argentina. Like, I thought they had a way better chance than everyone was giving them. And they were so 
close. The game was fire though, right? The game was so good. I would love that. That might be my favorite game of Copa so far, to be honest. So now imagine that, but with fans. It would be, it would have been, oof. Um, I don't know. I think, I, I think, I just think uh, Brazil has too much overall talent. Like Messi's going to do his thing. We all already know that. But I don't know if they have enough talent around it's, him. It's to get time, it bro. It's coming home. It's finally Isn't coming it, home. He's never won an international trophy, huh? Nah, he would. He won the um, Olympic gold medal in 08 with Argentina, but that's hasn't it. uh, what's his name? hasn't Ronaldo won one? I'm just asking. I'm just asking. Hasn't Ronaldo won an international trophy before? He got carried, but he did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Just he did be carried. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You did. How are you gonna? I'm, I'm just. I'm just. I'm. I'm. You. You where have we, your side. We have this episode next week. You better pray to whatever god you believe in that Brazil wins. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, all I'm saying is if Messi doesn't score the goal, I'm running that he got carried. How, bro? He played the whole game. <laughs> okay. You know, I'm taking Brazil two. No. Yeah. I'm gonna take Brazil two one. I'm taking Argentina three one. Oh, you're you. <laughs> You're bullshitting. They are not going to win 3-1. I was literally about to say 2-0. I was going to say 2-0, and you're saying they're going to get three goals? Talk, talk soon, bro. Little messy bro, fan Brazil was looking like France out there after the, against Peru. Imagine what they're Argentina gonna do. barely even made the final, bro. What, what do you mean? Did they make the final? Okay, did Brazil make the final? They did, but they played horrible. But they still they won at least by a goal. They had to go to a penalty shootout. But they played horrible. So... You know what? We'll we'll have this decided on Saturday. We'll figure it out. Yeah. You know what else is Saturday? The big fight. Oh, so you have... yeah. I'm, dude. I think I'm going home and watching with a couple friends. Who do you have in how many rounds? I'm putting you on the spot. I got to do it. Every episode, I got to do it. Uh, I think I'm. I, at first, I was leaning Dustin like. Thinking Dustin was gonna win, but I think I'm gonna take Connor in round two. round two. I'll say round two. No, round three. Round three. Round three. Round three. Round three. Connor okay. round three. So from what I know about USC, the last two fights, Connor was really hyped up and he lost. So I feel like this is gonna be the fight that he wins. If Dustin wins, I won't be surprised. But hopefully Connor can get it done because it would be dope. Um, Nick, who do you have on Saturday and how many rounds? I want to go with Connor. Uh, as far as rounds, that's a good question. Hmm. I must say, I must say, it's gonna go to distance. Oh, I, okay. I like it. I'm, I'm gonna make a bold prediction. Connor by decision. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we all have Connor winning. Alrighty. Um, Damn, Nick- it's gonna be such a good fight. I'm excited. Now, if I'm wrong, then it's Eric's fault. What the Eric hell? Has, <laughs> it's not my fault this time. Yeah. <laughs> it's always my fault. So it's not my fault this time. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we blame an Eric if that happens. Let's go. Let's go. Pain. Lots of pain. Yes. Nick, any final thoughts before we wrap up the silver episode of the Sports Fellas podcast? Uh, yeah, man, you know, all I gotta say is, uh, shout out to my real agenda, you know, hashtag real hoop, 
uh, you know, you know, real hoop is coming real soon. You know what I'm saying? It's coming back to South Beach. You know, we're gonna get Kyle Lowry. We're gonna get Brandon Ingram. Uh, we're gonna get Damian Lillard. We're about to get everybody, man. You know, we're getting real hoop back. All right, South <laughs> Beach, we coming back. Hey, but uh, nah. But other than that, I hope the Suns win the championship. I hope that he have a really good offseason. I hope Kyle Lowry comes to the Heat still. As far as the rest of the moves, I don't know what the hell is gonna happen, but hopefully they figure it out. Go Heat. Give me one bold prediction for the finals. (laughs) In one of the games in Milwaukee, I don't know if it'll be three or four, Giannis is going to do some shit that's like 40, 14, and like six. He's going to have one of those games. I don't know if it'll be three or four. I'm going to guess three. Depends on tomorrow, but I'm going to guess three. But he's going to have a game like that. He's going to have that game. Okay. Eric, any final thoughts before we wrap up this episode, sir? Um, no, I'm just going to say go Brazil. Hope they win. Um, yes, so I can push my agenda about this. Then, I wish I don't even have an agenda on this. I just want to There is no agenda. agenda. I just want you to suffer because you're a little messy fanboy. Yeah, exactly. Fuck you. Um, and then hopefully we'll be seeing Chris Paul holding up the Larry O'Brien trophy soon. Amen. And the finals MVP trophy. <clears throat> Amen. Yo, imagine if Aiden wins it, though. That'd be crazy. Oh, God. I don't need to have him as much as I love Yeah, me. that'd be brutal for you. Everybody's going to uh, come call oh, back to that oh, tweet. Oh, <laughs> Everybody's going to come find oh, you. Oh, oh, oh. Nope, nope. He could win 16. I will not allow it to happen. Not better than I, will com- I will completely eradicate television and the NBA as a whole if they say, and hey, your finals MVP is the if, if, that, if I hear those words, everything is the Twitter is getting deleted, Instagram, everything on earth is just finished. The, the internet is going to die. It's that simple. World War Z. This is how far agendas <laughs> Yes. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been everything for episode 25 of Sports Fellas Podcast. Remember to like, share, comment, subscribe. Next week, we're going to have one of our best episodes yet. We got the home run derby. We got the all-star game. We got the full coverage of the Copa America final and the Euros final. We got more NBA finals on the way. We got more baseball on the way. Stay tuned. Stay safe. Remember to wear a mask and social distance and get vaccinated. No, we're not living in communism. Just get vaccinated or learn more about it. Stay safe and continue to not be a jackass to people. And I'll see you on the next one. Oh, and also, Nick, thank you for coming on. I appreciate you, my brother. Stay safe. Will do.